was there Have you ever felt forgotten In the middle of nowhere Have you ever felt like you could disappear Like you could fall And no one would hear Well, let that lonely feeling Wash away we see is Cause maybe there's a reason To believe you'll be okay Cause when you don't feel strong enough to stand You can reach, reach out your hand Hello. Alright, here we go my name's Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Sometimes we start with different songs. That The name of that song is called Found Tonight, Sweetie. Why did we play that song? Well, that song, I think, was released either last night or this morning. We're mm. recording this on a Monday. And it is Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt. And they are, it's basically a mashup of songs from Hamilton and songs from Dear Evan Hansen, which Todd just never heard of it. he had never heard of, which made me laugh, um, which some of you may not have heard of it. Also, if you're not a theater geek, like... I mean, I, I don't perform in the theater, but I, I love theater music. Oh, yeah, you do the um, Tony thing. I love the Tonys. And um, so Dear Evan Hansen won the Tony this year. It's a best musical. And obviously Hamilton did the year before. Oh, wow. And both of their soundtracks have resonated very strongly with a younger generation. They're both very... Um, uh, not only is are, is it just great songs. Actually, Todd, you didn't realize this, but you know, last week at the York um, Quiet the yeah, Festival, yeah. the last song they sang, ah. the high school, that was from Dear Evan Hansen. No way. Yeah. All right. Um, so my point is, is the reason I wanted Todd to play it, besides that it was beautiful and I love these two guys, is that the proceeds, um, I don't know if it's all of the money or a significant portion of the money is going toward March for Our Lives, mm. which happens to be this Saturday. Saturday, March 24th. Again, for those of you who don't know, it's a student-created March. Um, if any of you watched 16 Minutes on Sunday night, you saw the Parkland students talking about this march that they created, and it obviously got momentum um, when George Clooney and, and Amal Clooney decided to donate half a million dollars to it, and then Oprah donated a half a million dollars to it, and then other people rose up and started talking about it, and here Lin-Manuel and, um, you know, and Ben Platt are creating a song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I remember saying... Um, and, and a lot of people have said this, this is not just me, but about when there are big things going on in the world, artists show up. I remember right after the election, remember we had a conversation yeah, about- Yeah, you're like, where's our- Where's our artists? Yeah. And I knew they would come, but I, I we need music and art to hold us together. Well, I it's funny. I'm not, you know, I don't really like musicals or anything like that, but I will say we had our conference of three weeks ago. And, uh, we had a performer there. Her name is milk. Um, many people know who I'm talking about and she kind of transformed the audience in a way that no, um, person can do right. with simple language. Yes. Like music hits a chord inside of our body, our souls you know, Tony Robbins, I think is one of the most impressive public speakers, whatever, but he cannot do what milk did. Correct. And, and and it's not just about milk, it's about music. Right. Like music and does art. something yep. or mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, in my logical brain, I'm like, no, just give me the information. Like, but there's a there's a limitation to inter information. Correct. 
and there's not with the arts. So how interesting to apply that to schools mm. and how our schools tend to let go of the arts and focus yeah. just on information when the way that you really help people feel connected and help people see things differently is through art. Yeah. So the irony of um, us saying, oh, you our know- Priorities. Th- yeah, priorities. These things don't matter, yeah. but more math and reading do. Yeah. Math and reading are great, but without the arts, some people can't even connect to those things. Well, I don't know where I'm going with this, but- I'm all reading. I'm all in. Like, yeah. you, it's hard to get through this world without reading math. Eh, you know, well, it depends on what work you're going to do, know, right? But uh, most, you know, as far as technology is advancing, yes. like we have a device in our hands that can do most math problems yeah. in case. Now, all due respect to engineers and every other scientist, but if you're not going to be in those vocations... I don't know. Yeah, we need- and I love math. Right, and you're, and I was gonna say this is coming from someone who yeah. really enjoys math. I do not, but I, you know, it, it, the thing is, is we need to be able to be literate in our worlds, and and when I say literate, I don't just mean literacy. I mean we need to be able to use math in a way like you and I just went out and had lunch. I need to know how to make a tip. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we're basics, make, basics, if we need to make change with someone, if we need to measure something, if we need to create a recipe and, you know, change back from liters to gallons or whatever. But then there's a point where it, it becomes more specialized, but we're going down the track of basically, it's not that I'm not putting up the argument of that math isn't important. What I'm saying is the arts are so Much more important, important that we get the, and we don't prioritize it as a society. We don't. Yes. The arts are very, you just said much more important again. I was trying to say one's not more important than the other. It's just so important. It's underrepresented. Thank you. You're Beautiful. Welcome. Good ending. <laughs> so we're going to be at a meeting on Wednesday night. Yes, 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 yes. Speaking of. Moms demand action for gun sense in America. If you live in the Western suburbs, please... Uh, Go to the Facebook page. I don't know how they would kind of get there. There's no there's no specific page they can get sure, to. Sure, there is. There's a there's a Moms Demand Elmhurst, Elmhurst Facebook page. You have to join it and be okay. joined in. So we're going to be there. Yeah. And it's going to be... We're just there as... No, yeah, yeah. As we're not o- speaking. No, as mm-hmm. an audience member. Exactly. And uh, so- I'm going to help the audio, the audiovisual stuff, though. Todd's going to be a helper in a different I way. I am. I um, am. In, interesting that uh, my friend Diane, who actually started this group in Elmhurst, she's leading it. Um, she just texted today, or actually I think posted on our Women's Circle page that Rob Bell has a podcast out this week where he talks about a woman, he talks with a woman Mm -hmm. who is leading the charge in, I think, Tennessee or, no, Florida. She's in Tallahassee, I believe. Um, And she's talking about Mom's Demand. So for those of you who are like, I don't really know a lot about Mom's Demand and the organization, obviously you can check out your local chapter or listen to the most recent Robcast, and she explains everything. It's a bipartisan group, FYI. Um, It's called Mom's Demand. But, but do you have to be a mom to go there? No, it's you know what they said. Uh, she said today on the show that I thought was really powerful: mothers and others. Mm-hmm. You know, it was started by mothers, yeah. but there's plenty of men in it. It's bipartisan. It's everybody. To that end, guys, if you're around and interested, please join me. Mm-hmm. I'll see you there. Yeah, sounds good. I know me and my buddy Mike are going. Good. So there'll be at least two guys there. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. more than that. Hopefully more than that. Yeah. Um, so we have a few things we want to go over today. Um, the first is a story that you don't know about. I, okay. I hid it from you. Um, I got a text from my good friend, Eric. And okay. I, I think I could say his last name. Uh, okay. Therese. Okay. And he was on a men's weekend with me this weekend that we might end up talking about later in the show. But he sent me a text last night because after he got home from the retreat, he had to go to a softball manager's meeting for his daughters. Okay. Eric has four daughters. And he texted me and he's like, Todd, 
this is what happened at the meeting. The guy running the meeting, it's a two hour meeting, um, spoke uh, in some generalizations and uh, gave his opinion on certain things. And one of them, and this is kind of less extreme, but I'll kind of like warm you up to this. And we could probably go down a rabbit hole with this question, but he said, um, in order for uh, boys to have a good time during athletic events, they need to be winning. And girls, it's not as important for okay. for that. Okay. Okay. So that's the first thing. So all of a sudden that caught Eric's attention. Yeah, he was like, Because hmm? Eric, I think it's safe to say he's a feminist like I am. Yes. And uh, so that was the first thing that he said. And then the second thing that the guy running the meeting said is, where's my drum roll? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you ready? Drum roll. Girls are not as strong as boys. Okay. He okay. said that in front of a group of about, I guess, around 60 or 70 people. Okay. Um, 40 or 50 uh, were men. Okay. And 10 or 15 were women. Okay. Eric, who is n- who's a very brave, courageous man, in my opinion. Yes. I look up to Eric. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, we learn a lot from one another. He raised his raised hand. Raised his hand, yeah. And said, quite simply, are you sure about that? <laughs> Which I think is just hilarious. Like, that's a lady. Are you sure about that? The man responded, uh, yes. Boy, okay. So the man is sure about that. (laughs) And um, I'm sorry to laugh. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's funny because the last talk I gave, Eric was there in the front row. Yeah. And I love him too. He's wonderful. And he, and I would say things and he would just go, yes. Yes. Like he's just, I know exactly, I can hear his voice. So the, the guy running the meeting said, yes, I'm sure about that. Okay. And Eric said, you're wrong. Whoa. Okay. Just I love it. And it. as I'm reading this text, I'm just loving Eric's energy. And he said, um, if I were you, sir, I would figure out another way to say what you're trying to say. Wow. He's very bold. And then. Oh no, I'm nervous. The other females jumped in. Oh, they did. The so other women he jumped opened in. the door. Okay. He opened the door and he said the meeting turned into kind of a, it, it derailed for a little while okay. after that. What did the women say? What do you think they said? Well, I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, you, like, I, I know I, that they were on his side, but what right. I, mean is- I I don't know. Like, one, He said that like one woman said, you know, by the way, my daughter is a softball player and she's very, very, very strong, much stronger than many of the boys. Yes. Like stuff like that. Right. Like what you're saying is just categorically untrue. Correct. Yes. A lot of that. Yes. Okay. So, um, so now what got me, what triggered me was- out of all all the other men, and this is what Eric said in his text, not another single male coach said an effing word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's my plea to the guys out there. Stand up. Yeah. Stand up. Don't let Eric or somebody like Eric carry, because Eric, who's this courageous man, who's my good friend, said, Todd, I was, I was, it was very lonely in that room. Yeah. He's like, and he sees the women stand up yeah, and the other men don't stand up. Here's the hard part, Todd. I, I appreciate what you're saying and I, I uh, stand behind you in mm. saying, but men have to believe it first, meaning that I'm not saying men don't I all. think there are some men that do that don't have the guts to stand up. Okay, so and what, I also think there's men that, that say, no, of course, boy, of course boys are stronger. That's the thing is I think that to ask someone to stand up, there has to be this 
this understanding that they agree with you. But yeah. I think that there's a lot of old conditioning that I was actually just listening to a podcast, uh, Sam Jones, he was interviewing Andy McDowell. And she was talking about her time. You guys know who Andy McDowell is, you know, Four Weddings and a Funeral. St. Elmo's Fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'll freeze. You'll freeze. Um, <laughs> sex, lies, and videotape, all those. And anyway, she was talking about her time in the industry and how she had meetings with men who they would say, you know, you'd be interesting for this part, but we have to get the male lead first because the reason people go to movies is because of the male lead. And then the female lead is like a side note. Mm -hmm. And they would say these things to her face mm -hmm. and she would be like, and, and the movie would be about a woman, yeah. but they still needed to get the male lead because their belief system was men and women only go to a movie if there's a, if they like the male lead, it has nothing to do with women, which she was like, that's why it becomes so offensive when people are like, oh my gosh, Bridesmaids open number one, mm -hmm. A Wrinkle in Time open number one. How shocking. Mm -hmm. She's like, you don't know how offensive that sounds because what that's saying is unbelievable that women could do this when there just hasn't been opportunities. Now, I know I'm going down a different track, but the point she was trying to make on the podcast was there's a lot of empathy for that kind of conditioning. She wasn't really being that empathetic, but as I was listening to it, like men really have been taught and told men are just stronger than women and that's just the way it is. And women don't know what they're talking about and women, blah, 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 and women gossip and women, and they can find plenty of evidence to support that belief. Yes. But what that belief system does is it shuts them off to the truth that that's not always the case. Right. But when you say things, and that's why it was interesting that Eric said, I think you should figure out another, another way, way of saying say that. that because you could probably get a bunch of scientists that say the male anatomy and species right, and right. blah, blah, blah. And what I said to Eric in text in response was, all I know is when God or universe decided who was going to deliver a baby. Women were chosen. Women were chosen. And that's kind of what I was going to get into is what does strength mean? Right. And to a man, what strength means can be very surface. -y. How much can you bench press exactly. or whatever it is. And what does strength really look like, which is what we talk about on this show all the time. The problem is with the idea about that male strength mm -hmm. is, again, I'm going to use this word because I feel fine with it. That's where a lot of toxic masculinity comes in. For sure. Because it's a belief system of I have to be stronger than you. Yeah. I have to be better than you. I have to overpower you. And... It, Again, tying in this thread to this mom's demand um, uh, issue and this woman who was on this Rob Bell podcast, she was talking about how many tweets she gets and emails she gets and texts she gets of men telling her, calling her the B word, calling mm -hmm. her the C word, telling her that they're going to hurt her, telling her. And she goes, it's really, she goes, I have stepped into two places that are uncomfortable for men. Number one, being an outspoken woman. Yeah. Because we can all say, or we can all at least understand or appreciate that an outspoken woman gets a lot of backlash. Perceived differently than an outspoken man. Exactly. And it will be, and she's called a whole bunch of words that a man would never be called. Yeah. Okay. And then the other piece is she's stepping into the world of guns, yeah. which is another piece of challenging, you know, issues around masculinity. Sure. So, um, I, I, the reason I bring that up with this story with Eric is I'm not surprised that a lot of other men didn't speak up because they may be Neither still trying to trying to they may believe differently, but they haven't. It's like it, it hasn't become like Eric is is stepping out in a big way. Yes. It hasn't become oh, normalized. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, talk about parenting for a second. You know, we're always like, well, why don't you just 
be kind when everybody else is being or stand mean, up to that or bully. stand up to that yeah. bully. And we want to conform and not get into trouble. We're a bunch of grown ups. I, I feel like we're just a bunch of grown kids. We now, are. some people, yeah. you know, obviously we're whatever. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but yes. So the way that the story ended, which I thought was interesting, is Eric uh, came up and talked to the guy afterwards. Wonderful. I knew you were going to tell me that because Eric's very diplomatic. So he, I knew he wouldn't he make offered, <laughs> He offered to help him pack up from the meeting. Okay. And, and as Eric always does, he asked if this man was open to some feedback. Okay. The man said no. Wow. And Eric said, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> I guess we're done here. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> and what he said is, you know, the ladies probably, he had a long, he had a long meeting because of what Eric said. Yeah. And it was probably, you know, he, he made his bed, so he had to sleep in it, right. but he was done. He didn't want to hear any feedback. He didn't want to hear any feedback. What? And again. Well, and the fact that Eric even offered to help him, yes. like, you know, sometimes when emotions run high, you like get mad and angry. And I, I just honor the way that he, you know, and I, I wasn't in the room I, and this is one side of the story, but based off of that one side, I, I'm just glad that Eric is out there advocating for equality. Yeah. And it goes to, I was going to share these words of wisdom on last week's show. And I usually share words of wisdom at the end, but I think it's apropos, apropos, I don't know, apropos to share it now. And I don't know where I got this quote. If you believe that men and women should have equal rights and the someone asks you if you're a feminist, you have to say yes, because that's how words work. <laughs> so simple. Right? I know. I. It's so funny. I watched this <laughs> weekend while you were gone, um, a uh, a documentary that just came out about Gloria Allred. And for those of you who don't know her, she's a lawyer and she often represents very famous clients. That's not the only people she sure. represents. You know, she's had a law firm for a long time, but it's kind of, you know, the things that people have said to her and said about her. And she's like, she's been around doing this for so long, like women's rights, that she was like one of the women on like Phil Donahue. You guys remember the Donahue show? Who would be like, women deserve extra rights or you know, extra rights. Women uh, deserve to have the same rights and equality. And people would be like, boo. Mm. Like that's how long she's been doing this. Yeah. Like the, that she was like one of the only people out there. She and Gloria Steinem, two Glorias. And then of course the women behind her. I'm not saying she was the only one, but she was a very outspoken spoken, you know, you know, out there in the public eye. And, you know, she talked about the same thing about this trip up we have with feminism is this misunderstanding of what it means. And, but Todd, that was done on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that, right? Like the word feminist was, was hijacked to be made to sound negative yep. and made to be, you know, to sound like it was antagonistic yeah. rather than about equality right. and that it was about controlling and having more power rather than about balancing power. Right. And so I think that, I think I could be super naive, but I think the word feminism it has is a little more common now, don't you believe? Or Yeah. I, in college, I remember the term feminazi getting tossed around oh, yeah. and because I was tossed. so ignorant, um, you know, like... But yeah, I think that it, it that word carries on hopefully an improving energy yes. to the masses. By the way, did you get the Facebook messenger I sent to you, the trailer for RBG? I saw that you sent it to me, but I haven't watched it yet. It's going to be so good, right? It's going to be good. So there's a documentary coming out and it comes out May 4th. May the 4th be with you, yes, sweetie. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds like I have a lisp when I say that. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> um, 
called RBG, and it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and the notorious RBG. An intimate portrait of an unlikely rock star. She does like a bunch of push-ups. She's an 84-year-old woman, and they have her doing push-ups and stuff. She's awesome. It's hard for me to do push-ups. Whatever. I know. She's one of uh, Skyler's favorites in the Rebel, Rebel Girls book. She um, loves her. So um, we're done with that section. Okay. Um, real quick, um, our first partner is Kind Snacks. What are Kind Snacks? They make delicious, healthy snacks using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce. Um, they're gluten-free, low-sodium, no sugar or alcohols, and made with gen- gen- without genetically engineered ingredients. And they also have something called the Kind Foundation, and what it is, it is a not-for-profit whose whole purpose is for a kinder and more empathic world. So we are so honored to be a part of Kind Snacks. So here's the deal. If you want to get 10 Kind Bars for free, go to kindsnacks.com zen. All you got to do is pay shipping. And when you order the sample box, you'll also uh, get into the Kind Snacks Club where you'll receive monthly snacks at a discount. So go to kindsnacks.com zen. All right, sweetie, what do you got? So I wanted to talk about two things. We got a request, I think it was via email um, from, and it it wasn't the first request. This has happened for probably the last three or four years where people want to have more information about how, uh, how I created a women's circle and how I run it and how Todd created a men's group and how he runs it. Now, we wouldn't bore you guys to death with doing a whole show about all the details of that. Um, and, and I will get to some of that information in a minute. But what I wanted to kind of talk about under the big umbrella of that is that right now, what's with everything going on in the world, and there's a lot of issues that necessitate our attention. And we could even say in our own home, like, sure. let's take it down to the, you know, the micro level in your own home, you may be like, you have no idea how many things necessitate my attention. And what often keeps us from making any progress is our inability to focus on something and actually like either complete or make some headway on something that has our undivided attention, or at least our, the greatest amount of attention. It's very difficult to be undivided these days, but why I'm saying that is because I think that a lot of us feel like there's so many issues going on or there's so much to do that we don't do anything. Yep. And one of my, um, and, and it's interesting, the as I said, this um, Rob Bell podcast with this woman from Mom's Demand, they actually spoke to this. And I was kind of like, yes, I was just thinking about this um, in terms of what we were going to talk about on the show today is that sometimes you have to really narrow down if it be, you know, it's funny because Cheryl Strayed, who is our speaker at the conference, she always, she's a huge list maker. And she always talks about on Dear Sugar how, you know, sometimes you just got to start with a list. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when we think about someone who's a great thinker or a, or a teacher or a spiritual leader, we we don't really think about the fact that they have to make lists. Yeah. They have to kind of figure out where am I going to focus my attention, right? And sometimes you have to just write down all the things you're worried about or do a vision board of it. You know, I tend to be more right brain. Do a vision board about all these things that 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 are that you're interested in. They don't always have to be problems. They can be things you're interested in. And then here's my deep my deep uh, suggestion. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Yeah. And put your energy there. Like Todd and I are really good examples of and I can't say that we've done it exceptionally well, but where there was a time when we started Zen Parenting Radio, where we were everywhere 
always. Like, what do you mean? We couldn't, I should speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for you because you may not agree. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to talk about, you know, what teenagers are going through. I wanted to deal with male, max, uh, or, uh, Toxic, to- <laughs> start over. toxic masculinity. I kept wanting to say masculine before toxic. Toxic masculinity. I wanted to talk about couples. I wanted to talk with young children. I wanted to teach yoga in yeah. the morning. I wanted to understand more about spirituality and oils. I was trying to teach everything. And what and and all of those were things I was interested in, right? They're all valid. They're yeah. all pieces of the puzzle. But when I really broke it down, and I was actually at a conference when I did it. I was at Emerging Women about three or four years ago. And I said, I need to focus. Yeah. And my focus became women and young girls. And there was something that was like, <sighs> like I felt like, okay. Lighter? Lighter. Yeah. And then over women and young girls, meaning that was one umbrella, but there was even a bigger umbrella above it, which was the big umbrella of Zen parenting and of everything we do is self-awareness. Yeah. Okay. So self-awareness, women and young girls. Now- does that mean that all those other things I was talking to you guys about, you know, like men or relationships or, you know, oils or yoga or meditation don't come into, you know, into this arena? Of but course they do. But, but that's not your beginning point. But that's not the beginning point. And they aren't an essential component. I don't have to be the expert and the person. Well, and I'll add to this list, like, you know, I'm like, God, I should be at a soup kitchen or whatever. <laughs> yes. And I yes. think what you're saying and what we're hoping you pull from this podcast is pick one thing. And one of my good friends always closes his email from a quote from, I think Mother Teresa is, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Right. If that's the only thing that... If you can't think of anything, start there. Right. Just love your family. And that's not, an, you know, Tao is saying if that's the only thing, that's a pretty huge thing. Think about how hard that is. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. And they think they're doing it, but really they're coming home and they have their earphones on and then they watch TV and then they are gone for work for seven days. They're not really loving And then their they're family. passing their baggage on. Correct. And so there is, and again, what do we mean by love? It means attention, paying attention, being connected. That's what I mean by love. I know that everybody loves their family. Yeah. Like I'm not judging Love is that. a verb though. Exactly. It's the action of love. It's it's the being intimate with, you know, like I'm listening to you and I'm here for you. Um, you know, that was really the, the sidetrack, sorry, but I saw Wrinkle in Time this weekend. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you have already read the book. I'm not going to, you know, give away everything about the end, but you know, what the father really realizes is that he was working really hard and he had all these things he needed to do and that he had to do and that he wanted to do. And all he really needed to do was be there for his kids. Yeah. And again, that tends to be a very cliche book or movie thing. It's but, cliche, but think how hard it is to be, to think about be, basically be means presence. Right. To be there for your kids is a, I'm challenged by it. Of course. It means are you, are you giving the person who's in front of you your full attention? Right. And it's not easy to do. So let me do a little little side note, like envision me making like a, a outline here for you guys. So what I realized I had to do with work and what Todd realized he had to do is kind of have a focus, umbrella, self-awareness, and then umbrella, women and young girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's my work world in, in, my, in my real life, which it tends to all overlap, but 
my focus is those things that we're talking about. Connection with Todd, yep. connection with my children. And connection looks different depending on the day. Yep. Connection is not always undivided attention. I'm going to stare at you because sometimes I do have to work and sometimes I do have to take your sister to music. And so, you know, it's not about that I'm doing it perfectly. It's about what are the things I want to focus on? Because what I find with people I work with, and especially my college students, and they, they don't necessarily have families yet, but the, the word that gets thrown out around all the time is I'm so confused, or there's so much going on, I don't know what to do. There's this, this confusion. And, and as we were talking about this upstairs, when you're confused and overwhelmed, what do you do? You uh, regress, you close down. You do nothing. Yeah. You do nothing. And so that confusion, although it can sometimes, the confusion can then unravel and can lead to something else. Um, if you stay stuck in that confusion, it's very hard to use your energy effectively. Mm. It basically just becomes this big ball of unused energy where all you do is watch the news and worry about the world. Yep. The thing that will change your experience and then eventually help change the world, you got to start with you first, is focusing, focus, choose. Like if you are like, I, the thing that really speaks to me is I'm worried about the animals. Go toward the animals. Yeah. If the thing that is really keeping you up at night is the issues around common sense laws for guns, yeah. go to a meeting or start your own chapter. If the thing that's really keeping you up at night is you know eating disorders of young girls because you have an experience with it, Go toward that and make an impact in that area if it's that you start blogging about it. Because you may say, well, I have three young kids. I have nowhere to go. I can't go work there. Start, you know, there's so much that can be done online now. Yeah. And get resourceful. There's always a way. There's always a way. And, and it's if, easier to just kind of take the easy path like, oh, I I would know how to start a blog. Right. You, you can Google starting a blog and be up and running in about 10 minutes. And you know what else you can do? You can find other people who have a blog and say, can I submit a guest blog? Mm -hmm. And that's usually how people start yeah. is they like write a guest blog or you can write to, you know, like in, um, I used to write for Chicago Parent and there's all sorts of other parenting magazines and other magazines out there. You submit a guest post for a website or for the Huffington Post. Actually, the Huffington Post doesn't accept guests um, no, anymore. Yeah, I think they changed that. But there's other places that do who are so looking for people who are knowledgeable in a certain area. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because I think that's where we can actually make some change is when in our own micro individual lives and in the macro big world is I think the feeling lost and confused has its place because um, we all feel that way sometimes, but it's starting to really pull out where am I interested? And you may say, but what I'm interested in doesn't have value. Like maybe I like to, you know, sculpt um, pottery. You know, pottery. And what is that going to make an impact? Of course, it's going to make an impact. Mm -hmm. You are going to have have something beautiful that you either give to people or that you share with people. And the bottom line is, and again, I'll use the the Thurman quote: Does it make you come alive? Mm -hmm. Because if it does, that's what the world needs: is people who have come alive. They don't need you to be impressive to everybody, and they don't need you to be famous. Right. The, I'm saying they, you know, meaning the world. We don't need you to have your name on a building or you know be someone that everybody knows. If you are doing something that makes you come alive, you are in alignment. If, you know, I'm going energy here with the universe. So you are doing your part to make the world a better place with the gifts you have. One of the quotes from A Wrinkle in Time that I really appreciated was, you know, don't take a lot of credit for the talents that you have. 
It's what you do with them that makes a difference. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't, you know, don't get too caught up in the ego of I have all these things because it's not having them. It's what you do with them. What are you doing with your talents? You know, what what are you doing with your gifts? Sweetie, there's that part in the Bronx tale. Remember that? No, tell me. Um, it's a great Robert De Niro movie. Chaz Palminteri wrote it. Oh, yeah. I remember the movie. And it's Robert excellent. De Niro was in the audience while he's doing like a one-man show in New York. Mm-hmm. And De Niro's like, wow, this is really good. So they made a movie out of it. And Robert De Niro's a dad. He's the dad. And he plays the, kind of the inferior, weaker man, which is interesting because you're Because he's seeing, not, though. Well, he's not. But like in... in um, you know, like Goodfellas, stan- Goodfellas st- standards, you know, like mafia stuff, De Niro would be the lead guy, but instead he's the bus driver. Correct. And but you're saying, I know. I, and I just need, and I know you know it, Todd, right. because you know this better than most people do. Right. But just Todd saying that can be so, he's the inferior, he's the man of character. I know. He's the man who actually works for a living and doesn't steal from people. Yeah. Chaz Palminteri is the toxic masculinity. Right. And so, but we have been groomed- this is what Andy McDowell was talking about in the, um, you know, again, her podcast. It's all this all threads together so nicely. We have been so indoctrinated with what's weak and what's strong that we almost look at the man of character and say he's the weaker role. Right. When he's like the power role, yeah. he's the he's the grounding agent. Well, that's the whole paradox of vulnerability is strength. Correct. Right? Beautiful. So um, the way we got on this tangent was we talked about talent. Yes. So this is a quick... 30 second or so quote from the Bronx tale. Okay. Do I have talent, Dad? Of course you have talent. You got all the talent in the world. Can I be a baseball player? You can be anything you want to be. Remember, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. You could have all the talent in the world, but if you don't do the right thing, then nothing happens. But when you do right, guess what? Good things happen. You hear me? You're right. Wasted talent. That was something my father would talk about all my life. There you go. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. I know. I was affected by that movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layers, a lot of different um, issues that we're still dealing with today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's the thing. Is like, And then when we use the word talent, some people are like, well, I can't dance. Mm-hmm. This isn't about... like The word talent is a gift. It's like a what you can do... What comes through you naturally that you, you know, like sometimes- And you don't have to be good at it. To put your effort toward it. Right. Because who defines what's good? Mm -hmm. Because what we do is we've been trained, we've gone through an education system that told us that there's a pecking order. Yeah. And that if you're not first, second, or third, then why bother being involved? Yeah. You know, if if you're not on the first string, then why play basketball? Which is ridiculous because there's everybody- if you like basketball, play basketball. But we have, again, it's ingrained in us that if we aren't the best at it, then there's no space for us. There is, If there is something that makes you feel alive, that you would do, like we watched, um, it was CBS uh, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and they were talking about people who are savants. So for, and some of you may understand what that means. It means that maybe one part of their brain intellectually, like the whole kind of IQ, um, isn't very high, but there's another part of their brain that their creativity is off the charts. Right. Did you see that man who yes. makes the horses? Yes. And there was this man who actually had a, a traumatic brain injury, I believe. 
but all of a sudden he could cl- he could out of like just a thing of clay yeah. he could make a horse with his hands like and not just horses but elephants and animals and they were so beautiful and he had such a gift and the the woman interviewing him said what if you couldn't make these animals you know what would happen what if you couldn't do this and he i don't remember his direct quote but he said i'd be a very sad man mm. i would be i wouldn't be able to to live the way i want to live and he didn't say it quite as the way I am. But basically he recognized that that is what keeps him, that's what keeps him who he is, is he's using it every day and sharing it. And this shows up in, you know, I just used an artistic example of making a horse, but it shows up in this woman who's like, I'm, I wake up every night thinking about my children being safe in the classroom. So instead of just ruminating on that. This woman you're talking about, the Rebel woman? Correct. Instead of just sitting and thinking about it all the time, I'm going to do something with that. And that's a talent. Do you see? Like she's taking what bothers her the most and making it into something profound. Either use it or it's going to use you. Exactly. Exactly. And and so there's limitless and, – and it can be – you can say, okay, in the future I want to start this and this. But right now while I'm home with my young kids, here's how I'm going to do it because I can – relate to all of you who are sitting, um, listening to this or driving or whatever, and you have really little kids and you can't go attend a meeting or start a club. I also had three little kids and had all these dreams and desires, but I did what I could within that situation. I started writing and initially just started writing for myself. Again, it's not all about public approval. Yeah. It's about what is making me feel like myself or reading things that make me feel connected to this or or attending, you know, if I if I love art or I love the theater but I can't be in it right now, I'm going to go occasionally and see it. So you can still put your effort towards something and and I want to just say we need you. I yes, we the world needs you. The world needs you, the collective we, not we Todd and I, but we need you. When you are feeling that you want to speak up and say something like Eric did. Like Eric, I would say, in the world has become obviously someone who speaks up for men. Yeah. And he is also someone who speaks up because he has so much compassion and understanding of men. It has given him all the space to speak up for women. Because don't you believe that the, they, that goes together? Yes, like once of you once you understand yourself and you understand the collective, mm-hmm. you have more ability to understand everybody. Well, and I, I think Eric would be okay with me sharing this. I went to his house whatever a month or two ago, and he's got a built you know the a sign you know like one of those signs you put up in your your yard. He's got a sign that says Black Lives Matter. You and, bet. And guess what other sign he has on there? I don't, Blue Lives Matter. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. I see that in Evanston a lot. I One, see both not signs. at the expense of the other. Exactly. Don't let people draw do the dichotomy for you yeah. of you're either here or you're either there. Th- that is, if I haven't said this a million times and you've heard it, is the oldest trick in the book. You're either with me or you're against me. The reason leaders do that is because then everybody else gets pitted against each other and no change occurs. If you create a dichotomy where you're either with me or against me, you're either Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, then you're pitting those organizations against each other. And then the people in power and leadership remain in power and leadership because they've just put all these other people against each other. And so what you, you know, I'm using Brene Brown's language here, but you don't get to frame the story for me. I can decide and recognize that I can feel this way and this way simultaneously. And you don't get to decide 
which side I'm on because there is no side. There is a gray in the middle where we all reside. And if we understand that, then we can hear each other. And, you know, that's the thing is like when you start focusing on an area that you are interested in and that that brings you a lot of joy, even if it's a challenging area, like, you know, common sense gun laws or issues around, you know, girls having eating disorders. Those were the issues I brought up before. Those are not like necessarily fun things, but they are areas where you can actually put your expertise to use and you can actually be of use. Expertise or experience. Experience, exactly. And once you start doing that in one area, everything else Come become you see everything differently. You look at other leaders and people who are running organizations with a lot more empathy and compassion. You look at everything through a lens of, and when I say a lens of gray, I mean that in a positive way. Like you see how, like I'll go back to instead of speaking in generalities, this woman on Rob's podcast who is from Moms Demand, she was talking about how, um, you know this this bill that just passed in Florida, the bill that passed raised the um, limit a limit to twenty one years old. Right. Uh, it was already twenty one years old for handguns, but now it is for assault rifles. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yes. That was it. But and then there was also I think a red flag mm-hmm. where somebody who maybe has some issues or um, has been in trouble with the law, they through a, a due process kind yeah. of experience, they can have their guns removed because they aren't. And then know, in addition. To that there's like a three-day waiting period three day which waiting didn't period. exist before exactly so those are the good things but what also got put into that bill was that schools could train teachers mm. to have guns mm. now it's not mandatory yep. it it leaves it up to the school but she was saying that a lot of people were really angry with mom's demand saying how could you agree to that bill when this piece was in it and she's like this is the hardest part about you know, legislation could be our metaphor for everything, is that you're getting these three good things, but they're sneak not they weren't sneaking it. There there's this piece in there, I think she called it the poison pill, you know, mm-hmm. like this piece in there that they don't fully agree with. But it's never they can't get agreement without that piece. Well and my is it is it better than what was in there before? Right. Yes. Are you making progress? Yes. Are you if you could snap your fingers and get everything you want, could you would you? Yes, of course. But that's not the way these things work. Exactly. And on both sides of an issue we have fringe people. Yep. Fringe people who say all or nothing. You're either with me or against me. This is the dichotomy again. They're way too far where there's nothing that – it's not that I don't value their belief systems, but you're not going to get anything done out there. No. You know what I mean? Like there has to be a place where you can hear what other people are thinking and saying and understanding them and having compassion and recognizing that something did get done, that it, everything is kind of two step forward, one step back, and that the legislative process is messy and difficult, just like with our kids. Yeah. You know, it's not simple where this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to teach them this and then everything's going to go forward perfectly. Like a lot of times we reach a certain place with our children and they go forward, but then they have another issue and it's a step back. Like this is the way of things, but we just want everything to be so streamlined and it doesn't work that way. We want it our way. We want it our way, the way we think it should be. And And we're not the only people on the planet. Like we are... We are a voice that needs to be heard. You know, a great quote is, we are so special and we're not special at all. We are so needed, um, but there are a lot of other people that are needed too. But sweetie, we all want it our way. (laughs) Did you see the commercial? You showed me that commercial. I posted it, yeah. 
Desire believe. That's Brian, sweetheart. When I say I want it that way, but we. Here comes Nick. I was gonna say, how do you how do you know who it is? Because I I play the stupid clip like every four shows. So you don't know by their voices. You're no, I'm looking at their it. video. Okay, I know too, but I just didn't know when if you. Okay, I have a funny thing I want to share about that song. Okay, there's so many funny things because obviously I'm the one who likes that band. But during the conference, for those of you who come to the conference, there's something that I do that I haven't even said this to Todd in this way, even though I know he kind of knows it, is during the conference I do a lot of, through video, a lot of what I would call Easter eggs. For those of you who um, used to watch Lost – or you've watched other shows or, or let's say Taylor Swift vis- videos because she puts a lot of uh, Easter eggs in there. There's things, things not obvious. Not obvious that would only be obvious to people who listen to the show. Yeah. So like during the conference, there were videos I played and things I showed that a lot of people at the conference aren't going to understand why I'm showing it. Yeah. But someone who listens to the show would understand. And one of the things that I did on Saturday. Friday night. Oh, Friday night. Is I played a video. I played that video, that Backstreet Boys video. And for anyone who lives or listens to the show, they know that it's one of my favorite bands. And Todd pretends he doesn't really like them. I don't like that band, but my God, I love that song. (laughs) And we, you know, we've seen them a lot in concert. And we talk, and I talk about them a lot. I post about them a lot. So I played that video, and my. (laughs) My middle daughter, who knows, who's heard Backstreet Boys since the day she was born. She's, you know, known that. She's like, oh, my God, Mom, why are you playing this? I'm so embarrassed. She's so embarrassed. I'm like, honey, this is, it's not for you. And half the people don't even know it's on. Mm. Like, it's not about, I like, I it, one of my favorite things about Lost or Taylor Swift videos is I like being able to notice things other people yeah, don't notice. You don't like being spoon fed. No, I like being able to see something and go, "Oh, that person, this and then and that." Or I remember the show when they talked about this or that or the other. So, the Zen Parenting Conference is definitely geared toward you listeners. Yes. So, whoever comes, you should come next year. Um, can I uh, stop for a second? Sure, absolutely. You mean like stop this conversation? Uh, well, I, I want to talk about our second part. Okay, go ahead and do that. So I saved literally $600 a year on my term life insurance. So I switched over from the old bad guys over to Health IQ. And it's uh, life insurance for health conscious people like runners, cyclists, yogis, vegans, veg- vegetarians. So if you consider yourself on the healthy side of the spectrum, it might be worth checking out. Go to healthiq.com and do a little bit of comparison shopping. Um, I did. I believe in this product because uh, I've experienced it and it's saving me money. So go to healthiq.com slash zen. Nice. Is that good? You know what? Actually, since you since you stopped there, let's switch over to Women's Circle and Men's Group. Because, yeah, we're at 46 minutes. So I'm not going to get into a great amount of detail here. I just wanted to share some really basic things. I get a lot of emails from women who say, I want to start a Women's Circle. Tell me how you did it or what you do or do you have some kind of curriculum that you can give me? Um the truth is the reason that Women's Circle was started, I think it was about seven years ago, um, 
And I wanted to have people in my community. I wanted to spend time with people who thought similarly, meaning that they were concerned about the same things I was concerned about, focused on similar things, and that I could have in-depth discussions with other women. Um, that was really kind of what I was looking for. And I, as I always say in my women's circle, or I used to say, I really just wanted to like walk into Starbucks and see someone from circle and just give them a hug and just know that we didn't have to small talk and that we just already know each other so intimately. You know, it's that kind of experience. because. Yeah. Unless you grow up in a town and you know everybody, yeah. you you have to build those relationships and it doesn't happen through small talk and seeing each other at soccer games. Mm-hmm. You have to have... So I also wanted to have an opportunity to teach some things that I think are valuable. Um, and so the first women's circle, what I did is I just sent out an email to a bunch of people, some that I thought would really be interested and some that I had no idea if they would be interested. And... Um, I think the first circle I had, there was about 11 or 12 people who showed up for the first one. And, you know, your question is, well, what were you going to do? I think we ended up talking about an article. Like, I think I don't even remember. I know that I had something where I said, I kind of want to explain what I'm doing here. I want to just gather a group of like-minded people who want to support each other, women supporting women. Um, And I think we talked about an article. And then there were definitely people who didn't come back. Like, it wasn't for everybody. And this is something that... I wanted to make sure that a lot that women here is that you can't force people to be in your group. Like you don't want to twist arms and be like, oh, you're not going to show up. What about me? Like this has to be women's circle is about the desire to be present for other women, not the I feel guilty. I'm going to show up to this party because mm-hmm. it's not a party. Yeah. This is a this is an intimate setting where people are sitting around talking about things that really matter. And you don't want people watching the clock wishing they could get out of there. You want you want there to be a sense of connection and ownership. So I say that in that if you only get four people who want to come initially or three, great. That's better than 15 people who are just doing you a favor. Makes sense? Totally makes sense. And what I was going to say is I partially modeled my men's group after your women's circle. And... Um, I talked, I reached out to a handful of my best friends from Elmhurst. And I think my first meeting was four people with uh, Frank Nago is my, the guy that I started it with. Uh, So like, I think a lot of times we get demoralized. We're like, oh, it would take, it would be so hard to get 20 people to show up in my living room. And the answer is yes, it is hard and it takes time Mm -hmm. and you got to like build and learn and screw up and evolve and move at, and some people fall off and some people fall, jump on. So I guess what I was going to ask you is like, let's say there's a woman out there right now that says, I want to start one. What do I do? Like, what's the first step? Well, the first step, and it depends on where you live and who you know, because a lot of people have moved to a new town. Mm-hmm. And so they don't really know a lot of people. I would suggest like, if you if you do know some people or you already have a group that you're you know connected to, send out an email and say I'd like to you know start a women's circle and what I, and and again the question is always well what do we talk about you decide mm-hmm. like I would never want to create a curriculum for you guys like what is the book that's meaningful to you start it like a kind of like a book club right. like where you're, where you're going to talk about the book you found an article that you thought was really fascinating talk about the article you have a new um, understanding of something because you watched an amazing movie and you Mm -hmm. want to talk about everybody's experience with movies. Do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had, 
I can't, I mean, I've been doing it for seven years. I can't even tell you how many different kind of things like we've done. Like I had a whim circle last week. And, and again, I kind of always go with my gut about what we're going to talk about. And all I ended up doing was bringing down items from my meditation area and showing the ladies what my, what my like little totems are. Mm -hmm. And that in itself sparked an interesting conversation with what other people use as their touchstones and, and Sometimes we just go around the circle and everybody shares and people, and you'll say, shares what? They share their heart. They share what's going on in their lives. They share their struggles. They share their successes because women's circle is not just about, oh, life is so heavy. It's also about life is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we have to not only be there to support each other when we're challenged, but also support each other when we're successful. You know what uh, image I got when you first even said the word women's circle? Uh -huh. Do you remember what it was? No. Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. Well, you just said that the other day in front of the girls. Do you remember? I was like, no, no, no. What did I say? We were watching Jerry Maguire and you go, yeah, that's like mom's group oh, that she has. And yeah, I'm that, like, no. That, that, that came out wrong because that's <laughs> You not... were kidding. Oh, was I? Yeah. Um, because that divorced women's group is like, they're all talking on top of each other right. and they're talking about maybe, you know, verbally bashing their former husbands or right. whatever. And that is not what's going right. on in your circle. Well, and that's kind of what I mean is that I, mm -hmm. the, the goal, we, we share everything. Like there's not, there's nothing that's off limits. So it's not like, oh no, we can't be negative. Of course we can be negative. But our goal is self-awareness. It's not to bash anyone. It's it's not to um, be judgmental toward anyone. It's actually a very compassionate, we honor our light and we honor our dark and we honor our wholeness mm. and we support each other in that. So, and again, it, it has to... For those of you that are considering starting it, you have to want to do it for the right reasons too because of what Todd just said is that sometimes there are meetings that a lot of people don't come and sometimes there are people who don't get along right. and sometimes there's issues that need to be resolved and you have to have what is my intention? You know, what is my intention here? And then and then decide how you want to start. Don't figure out your full year. Don't figure out three or four months of time. Just do one meeting at a time. That's right. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. And what if you meet, you know, my circle meets once a month. What if you did it every, once every three months? That's fine. Mm -hmm. There's no, I think- Get some, ahead. I think sometimes we are like students where we think there's like a rubric, like if I'm going to do a women's circle, tell me how to do it. Mm -hmm. You can do it however you want. Well, and I will kind of piggyback on what you're saying. Um, uh, so I've been doing the men's group, I don't know, Five years? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And um, first of all, I have a website. I'm a little more formalized than my sweetheart is. So if you're, if there's any guys out there that are interested to see, because I have, uh, we have all the different topics that we've talked about. We talk about love languages. We talk about the strength and vulnerability. Brene Brown. We have fun every June. We do a, uh, we just go play. Like there's no talking formally. We just go play softball and frisbee and kickball and dodgeball. Like we act like a bunch of seven-year-olds. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Or 12-year-olds. Um, but I, I remember getting an email from a, a guy who did a men's group and he formalized the process, which I would be, ha and he, he openly shared it with me. And if there's any guys out there that want to do something and you know, what's my men's group about? It's about authentic conversations. It's about 
you know, reframing what healthy masculinity looks like. I mean, there's a, it's it's hard to sum up, obviously. But if you're interested, go to the website, thetribemensgroup.com. Um, and I'd be more than happy to share anything I have with anybody out there. Because what I'm trying to do is create a culture of healthy masculinity. And I'm doing it in my own little corner of the universe. But if I can somehow leverage that experience that I have and have other people do something similar, please, um, you know, there's a, there's an email box on the website or Todd at zenparentingradio.com. Just email me. I'm for the guys out there that are listening, shoot me an email and I'll help out in any way that I can. Yeah. And I feel similarly, I do not have what Todd, I don't do a website or that kind of thing because we've always been full. Like Mm -hmm. there, I really, there's not a, um, we're, we're at, max capacity you yeah. know we're like where it, there's i i can't offer anything to anybody got a right now list. yeah there's i can't offer anything to anybody but as far as what we do um you know like if you have a question i'm happy to answer it but if the question is how do i get started and what do i do and what do i say my my first question is going to be why do you want to do this and what is it that you want to talk about because go that route rather than how kathy does it yeah. because why I do it is going to be different than why you do it. So I really, I, I guess I challenge you to start a group and maybe just start with two other people. Yeah. Go out to coffee and say, this is our women's circle. Well, and you don't know what it's going to end up with. Like when I started my monthly men's group out of my living room, I didn't know that we were going to kind of create this weekend retreat. And it just so happened that I just got back from our annual retreat yesterday and I had 13 men and we had a an amazing time where we shared our the part of ourselves that we're very p- proud of. And there we shared the parts of ourselves that we're kind of afraid to kind of look at. And we worked and we played and we had fun. And I'm completely buzzing and filled up from the energy of these men who are brave enough to come to a weekend where you don't have your cell phones, you don't have a TV, <laughs> you don't have any beer. And I know that scares the bejesus out of many guys out there, but there's there's some men out there that want to do that. And I'm just honored that I get to be a part of something so uh, important. So, And I feel so similarly is that wh- one of the key things to having a group, whatever you call it, you don't have to call it Women's Circle, you don't have to call it the tribe, you know, it's our morning group or our, you know, whatever you want to call it. You, you get together and what you realize is that you're not alone. And what you realize is that everybody is, tends to be struggling with the same thing. We just sometimes call it by a different name. Or you realize that a lot of the fears you have, everybody else has too. You just recognize common humanity. And that's a big part of self-compassion. Like when you are the only way to, re, or one of the only ways to really practice self-compassion is to have that understanding of common humanity, that you're not alone, that what you know, what you are experiencing, other women and men are experiencing, and then you're not so fearful of, will I be rejected because of the, these experiences I'm having? Like I just kicked off this morning, my, I, the spring is always a time where I get to teach sex ed, uh, around Chicagoland. And this morning, um, I was at a parochial school and, uh, I teach fifth graders. And one of the my favorite parts of being with those girls and talking to them about sexuality and sex ed is I get to remind them that they're not alone and that the experiences that they're having, you know, in their bodies or in their minds, every girl their age is having and every woman has can relate to and that we're not alone and that we're all in this together and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like so you know, just kind of talking about the 
self-awareness umbrella and then women and girls and then teaching sex ed to young girls is part of my work because of that umbrella. Do you see how we were trying to say, you know, narrow down what you want to do? Like when I get the opportunity to teach sex education to parents to help them teach their kids or to kids themselves, I jump on it because there's like, it's one of the the greatest areas to help people have a better understanding of who they are because that is often pushed aside out of fear and the more information we have the better choices we can make so again just closing this this chapter on women's circle and men's group i think that you have to figure out why you're doing it and you have to kind of create your own you know like todd said he has a curriculum that he can share with you i would just say start with something simple like a book that's meaningful to yeah. you book club is safe and easy it is it's a good way to start and you may find which is what when we've done books in my women's circle we we're not doing one right now but is that you completely tangent off of it yeah like you don't have to be like that's wait that's kind wait, of the wait. reason you come together and then yeah. all of a sudden it goes somewhere else exactly and that's good you don't have it's not school Women's circle is not school. You're not trying to make people take notes and they allow the people who are there to take whatever they want to take. Speaking of book clubs, we actually started a book club within the confines of our Team Zen group. Which is kind of like a men's women's circle. Yeah. It's like men and women together. And we'd love to have you. Um, The book that we chose is a book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Uh, But anyways, what is Team Zen? It's two live Zen talks a month. Kathy and I will be uh, face-to-face with anybody who chooses to show up that particular session. Uh, it's also a private Facebook page with resources and Q&A and discounts on anything that we sell, including our conference and books and t-shirts and stuff like that. So it's 25 bucks a month. We would love to have you. We have a Zen Talk this Thursday okay. at 1130, sweetie. Not noon. Wow. I had that all wrong. I know. I thought it was Friday at noon. Eh, we're going on know, spring break. I know, but in the calendar, you know, it still says Friday at noon. I know. Oh. But well. it also says Thursday. Okay. Well, then so I just Thursday. didn't have that right. Okay. You go ahead. Um, so that's kind of the deal with Team Zen. We'd love to have you. And I want to say something about Team Zen. Go ahead. What I was going to say is for those of you who are like, I don't want to start a circle or I I can't start a men's group right now because of other things, this is a virtual community. Yeah. So if you're like, I... I, I want to be part of a community, but I can't do it myself in my own hometown. Join this virtual community. And you don't, if say you're in it for three months, you, you can cancel at any time. It's not that you have to commit your life and to you it. You don't have to be at any certain place at no. any certain time. You can get all the Zen talks afterwards on your podcast app on your phone. We've actually streamlined it to make it much easier. Yeah, and Team kind of cool right now. It's pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, so for those of you who, because I get these emails all the time, I, I'm looking for a community. We have a virtual one. So join, and, and then if it doesn't work, for you that's fine cancel too. it's cancel. all good yeah um got a few itunes reviews uh jess from new hampshire says love uh flag donna from the usa says zen parenting is great for even old parents that's nice that's kind of nice uh love pat says love hearing both sides she's from italy thank you i love our international reviews it always gives me good like what they focus on i am always interested and i can't pronounce this name so i'm not going to but they're from the usa and they say thumbs up very positive thank you so yeah, pretty awesome. Thank yeah, you for those reviews, it. everybody. So we got to go. I okay. got to pick up uh, Skylar. Yeah. So that means I got to play a little music. There it is. Um, enjoy your week, everybody. That's right. Keep trucking. That's right. Enjoy your week, and we will talk to you soon. Um, last but not least, um, Jeremy Kraft. 
You know what he is? He's bald-headed beauty. He's a bald-headed freaking beauty. <laughs> and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicago area. And Dr. Kelly, who's not bald, but she is a beauty. She is a beauty. And she saved me last week, man. My... My neck and my back were hurting so bad. Yes. And then it wasn't after I went to see her. Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, chirotree.com. Thank you so much to our foundation partners, Tree of Life and Avid Company. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, we have a book club, and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking. Thank you.